We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Well, greetings, friends and fellow citizens, and welcome to the We the People Convention News and Opinion radio show and podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the host of this show. I'm also the president of the We the People Convention. And this uh, radio network and radio show and podcast are brought to you by the donors to the We the People Convention. And we thank all of the donors who have made this possible for their donations. You can donate if you'd like at wethepeopleconvention.org, and we'd appreciate it if you'd do. If you're listening on the radio on one of our five uh, radio stations across the state of Ohio on Saturday morning, welcome to you. We're awful glad you decided to tune in and join us. And if you're watching the podcast, whether it's uh, on our website at wethepeopleconvention.org or uh, on iTunes or on Roku TV or Amazon Fire TV, or if you're listening to the audio on iTunes, however you're getting us, we welcome you, uh, you know, to the program as well. You can find out about all of that. You can watch the podcast at wethepeopleconvention.org. You can find a list of all the radio stations uh, that we're on in, in Ohio, and you can get uh, links to how to you know, follow us on, on any of those mediums, any way you'd like on your computer, your phone, uh, your uh, laptop, you know, however you'd like to get us. So thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, it's a very, very serious times. We have very serious things to talk about. I'd like to open up uh, the show with uh, this uh, short video clip. So uh, why don't you listen to what uh, this young lady has to say. About some silly little statues coming down or some silly little street names changing. Why do I care? It's because the last time I didn't care about this, I was a teenager. I have already lived through this thing when I was living in Venezuela. Statues came down. Chavez didn't want that history displayed. And then he changed the street names. Then came the curriculum. Then some movies couldn't be shown on certain TV channels and so on and so forth. You guys think it can happen to you? I've heard this so many times. But always be on guard. Never believe something can't happen to you. You need to guard your country and your society or it will be destroyed. We didn't believe it could happen to us. Us Venezuelans, Cubans warned us. And we're like, Venezuela, we know what freedom is like. That's not going to happen here. Yet it happened. And there's clearly a lot of people wanting to destroy the U.S. So that was a young lady who was a teenager in Venezuela. And Venezuela was the richest nation in South America. They had a lifestyle very similar to the United States. And then the communists moved in. And Hugo Chavez came in and did exactly what Black Lives Matter and Antifa and the Democratic Party are doing. You know, it's free health care for everyone. It's we're going to take over businesses. It's, you know, it's it's about your being, uh, you know, harmed by the rich white people or the, you know, the elites. And we, the people, need to take it back. And it's all a lie. And you need to listen to her. Because if you think this can't happen here, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. And, you know, we just have to understand that this is a serious threat to your way of life. 
These people aren't kidding around. They are shooting people dead, like police officers, like the one in Texas they shot in the head, and the one in Oakland that they murdered, uh, literally an assassination outside of a federal office. They're not just ripping on you. And if you believe that, oh, we're tearing down the Confederate statues because they're racist, yeah. Now what are you saying when they're tearing down every statue? It doesn't matter who the heck it is. Because as, as we said and have been saying throughout, Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with black lives. That's just a, a, a Solowinsky-type name that, you know, sounds really good and you want to believe it. But if Black Lives Matter, they would have done something about the 18 black people who were shot and killed uh, in Chicago last weekend. There was no Black Lives Matter there. They don't care about the 8,000 blacks who are killed by other blacks in this country every year. They want to tell you that it's outrageous that 10 unarmed blacks were killed by police last year. 10, right? And five of them were attacking the police at the time. So one was an accident. In the other four cases, the police were criminally charged. There is no systemic racism. That's a lie. These people are Marxist. And those of you who don't want to believe me, listen to one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, and she'll tell you that she's a Marxist. First thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are... Uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. And I think that what we really try to do is build a movement that could be utilized by many, many black folk. That was Patrice Colliers, who was one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, telling you that she's a Marxist and that they're trained, you know, in, in, you know, an ideology that isn't capitalism, that isn't what you believe in, isn't free markets. What this is about is people who believe that the state is more important than individuals. And what made America great and what makes America great and what's given you the life that you have, the incredible life you have, even if you're the poorest person in America, what's given you that is the idea that the individual is supreme to the state and that the Constitution gives you the right to own property, which the Democrats want to confiscate. It gives you the right to free speech. It gives you freedom and liberty. It gives you the ability to practice freedom of religion. These are not throwaways, folks. These are things that never existed in the history of the world until the United States of America was formed under the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. Here's the goal, right? You want to talk about this about black lives and George Floyd dying? Yeah, yeah. Listen to this uh, statement by one of the, uh, by this Patrice lady again, just just on uh, CNN, just this week. How do you think Biden matches up compared to President Trump when it comes to these issues that are important to you? Well, um, hands down, Trump not only needs to not be in office in November, uh, but he should resign now. Um, we Trump needs to be out of office. He is not fit for office, and so. What we are going to push for is a move to get Trump out, while we're also going to continue to push and pressure uh, Vice President Joe Biden around his policies and relationship to policing and criminalization. That's going to be important. But our goal is to get Trump out. Yeah, so there you have it, right? Their goal is to get Trump out. It's not to make black communities better and stronger. 
It's not to reform the police. It's to get rid of the police. Folks, it's to take over. That's why they want to get rid of Donald Trump. Okay, there was a, a guy uh, on a Black Lives Matter uh, leader in New York. His name is Hank Newsom. And he said that uh, the New York chapter of BLMN has uh, organization has military special forces officers training and advising members who will patrol black communities and challenge law enforcement. We pattern ourselves after the Black Panthers and the Nation of Islam. And we believe that we need an arm uh, to defend ourselves. Does that sound like a peaceful group that believes in America? Or does that sound like a military coup? Sounds like a military coup to me. And it looked like a military coup in Ohio this week when we had the State House, our Capitol building, attacked once again. And our State Highway Patrol, which, oh, by the way, is headquartered in the State House, in broad daylight, this took place, and they didn't stop it. No one was arrested. And that's the problem. So we, the People Convention, we wrote a letter to this week to Attorney General William Barr and the U.S. attorneys in Ohio, uh, Justin Herdman in the Northern District in Cleveland and David DelVillers, who's in the Southern District in Columbus. And our letter basically said this. We, the people, are greatly concerned with the rioting, looting, destruction of personal and public property and physical attacks on members of law enforcement and citizens that is occurring in our state and around our great nation. We are writing to you today because we believe that elected officials in our state have been communicating, coordinating, and providing material support for the terrorist organization Antifa and the Marxist organization Black Lives Matter to assist their efforts to cause destruction in our cities in Ohio. We are asking the Department of Justice to open an investigation into the actions of Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginter, Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson, Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley, and Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and their aides and other governor officials, all of whom have publicly expressed support for Black Lives Matter and were blatantly derelict in their duty by failing to protect police, people, and property during the recent staged acts of violence planned by and carried out by Antifa and BLM. Folks, President Trump just named Antifa a terrorist organization. Section 18 of the U.S. Code, uh, U.S. Code 18, Section 2339A, says that it is a federal crime to provide support or materials or to aid in any way a terrorist organization. We have people in our government around this country who are actually aiding these terrorists. And it's got to stop. And you and I have to take actions to make it stop. Now, finally, the, the circus in Seattle is coming to an end. And the mayor there, after you know, all kinds of rapes and robberies and then you know, shootings, and a young man who just a day after he graduated from high school was shot and murdered in this uh, autonomous zone in Seattle. Seattle is now moving to, uh, to shut it down. But it's, it's too late. They didn't do their job. The, the mayor of Seattle was complicit, just like I said in our letter about the mayors in Ohio. So there's also been a business, a group of businesses in Seattle filing a class action lawsuit over the handling of the autonomous zones. Fifteen businesses and individuals filed a class action lawsuit against the city of Seattle over how officials handled the so-called autonomous zone that sprang up earlier this month, leading to chaos and mayhem on city streets. Rather than seeking to restore order and protect the residents and property owners within the zone, the city instead chose to actively endorse, enable, and participate in the, uh, in the uh, occupation of the Chicago chop zone, as they called it. 
They actively participated. And so these, these people in business are suing, and they should be suing. But here's the problem we've got, and Tucker Carlson addressed this, and it's frightening to me, and it should be frightening to you when you hear what Tucker Carlson has to say. Federal law enforcement is entirely on their side. That's why there have been so few prosecutions of rioting and so much FBI attention to Bubba Wallace's fake hate crime. Career bureaucrats in the federal agencies support the Democratic Party. That means they support the mob as well. It's their militia, too. Virtually every American power center now stands on one side of the political divide. What you're watching in the streets is an attempt to crush the holdouts. Ask yourself, who is being targeted for destruction right now? Anyone who's not on board with their program. That includes local police departments, Orthodox Jews, gun owners, Fox News, NASCAR fans, traditional Christianity. That's not a random assortment of institutions. It's the people standing in their way. There's a reason that Black Lives Matter leader Sean King yesterday called for the desecration of churches. That'll bring those Christians to heel. So, how's that? Because we're all wondering, you should be wondering, these people are breaking the law. These are not peaceful protests when you're damaging buildings, when you're, you're breaking windows, when you're shooting people. How come none of them are going to prison? This is really worrisome. And you need to start screaming bloody murder. You need to start you know, taking action. And we're going to talk about that in a second, what action that is. But at least you know, President Trump is taking action. He announced an executive order uh, this week that basically says anyone who vandalizes or destroys statues you know, will be arrested and prosecuted. They could face up to 10 years in prison. The, the, this action is taken effect immediately, but may also be used retroactively for destruction or vandalism already caused. There will be no exceptions, the president said. Prosecutors can use the Veterans Memorial Preservation Act or other pertinent laws. The act passed in 2003 says that people will willfully try or successfully injure or destroy any structure, plaque, statue, or other monument of public property commemorating service to the armed forces of the United States shall be fined and imprisoned for, uh, for up to 10 years or both. The president is taking action, but there needs to be stronger action. And A.G. Barr has talked about this, but I've talked about this as well. And what I think needs to happen is RICO. We need to go after the funders of these organizations. Listen with the Laura Ingram, had, this discussion she had about RICO on her show this week. I mean, now is Terry Turchi, former deputy assistant FBI director, who has 30 years of experience in counter intel. He's also the author of In Their Own Words, Terry what can be done here? You just hear heard the interior secretary give us the lay of the land and what the president wants done, what is already being done. Is there a possibility of the Justice Department using the RICO statutes, the racketeering statutes uh, in this uh, matter? There certainly is, Laura. There are a lot of tools we could apply, but let's take RICO. Uh, RICO uh, actually requires that uh, one or more people in a criminal enterprise or criminal organization uh, commit predicate acts. And under the RICO statute, there are 35 predicate acts. If any of those crimes are committed by one or two 
uh, or more of the people in that organization, and two are committed, two crimes are committed within 10 years of each other, then the entire organization, all the members, can be charged under the RICO statute. All of them can be picked up, arrested, and, and tried. And, and so that could definitely be done, because when you look at what's going on out in the streets, you've got all kinds of organizations out there we, we know some things about and others we know a lot more about. But you've got Antifa, you've got BLM, Black Lives Matter, you've got uh, a number probably of, of, of um, black power type organizations out there. All of these uh, organizations could be tied to a RICO. If they go back and start looking, for example, let's take arson. We've had arsons in about 15 or 20 cities in the last few weeks. All of those arsons are going to be investigated. If they come back to any of those organizations and members of those organizations, then you can start seriously talking about RICO as an option. You've got counterintelligence options. Take a look at the uh, founders of Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. They came out and said, we are trained Marxists. So the question is, right. uh, the the FBI has all they need to go to talk to them and say, who trained you? And yeah, so you've got another to... avenue of investigations. Yeah. So there you have it. They're actually admitting that they're Marxist and that they're, you know, want to attack the country. Where are the FBI? Where is the DOJ? Where is our local law enforcement? And so I asked you last week to do some things. And I asked you if you went to wethepeopleconvention.org and you went to the, the link that was about the billboards that we put up across Ohio this week to uh, you know say, we support the police. And on that page, there was a list of five things that you could do to help make the situation better that aren't burning down a Walmart, that aren't crazy. I need you to do these things. You need to do these things and more. I said, first, call your local police, but don't call 911, call their office, or go to the police station near you and just tell them how much you appreciate their service. Buy them gift cards uh, to a local pizza place or restaurant. You'll get a, a gift card so they can have food for their rec uh, room. Call your mayor or city council member and demand that they support the police and that the, they do everything they can to help the police in protecting you and your private property and public property in your community. There's a link there on the We the People Convention. Go to articles, look for the article about, you know, we put up billboards supporting the police, and you'll see a link to the 269 companies that are mistakenly funding or paying protection money to the anti-American organizations like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Click on that link, look at the companies that you know, call them, and tell them to stop it, and tell them to start funding the police. And last week, I forgot to mention number five. When you talk to policemen, tell them that they need to force their unions to stop protecting bad cops before it destroys their position, their, their profession completely. That's an important one. One of the problems we have is that the unions are so strong that bad cops don't get moved out and they embarrass all cops. And that's what we've got to stop. So take action. Defend your own personal freedom, liberty, and prosperity. If you don't, folks, they're coming for you. And we're going to talk more about that after this break. You're listening to the We The People Convention, news and opinion, radio show and podcast. And I'm Tom Zawistowski. Hello, this is Ann Kaczmarek, president of Liberty Camp for Kids in Portage County, Ohio. Liberty Camp for Kids is where students in grades one through six experience the founding of our nation. This year's camp will be held from July 20th through the 24th from 9 till noon. The cost is $30 per camper. 
If you're interested in our camp, being a volunteer, or even starting one of your own, go to www.LibertyCampForKids.com. Buckeye Firearms Association is Ohio's number one gun rights organization, protecting the rights of Ohio's 4 million gun owners. And you can get our weekly gun rights newsletter free. Receive breaking news and urgent alerts on gun laws. Stay up to date on self-defense and shooting sports. Discover pro-gun activities and events near you. Get your free gun rights newsletter now at bfanews.org. That's bfanews.org. bfanews.org. All right. Thank you for our sponsors. We're glad you're with us. We were talking about what you and I have to do to stop the madness to fight back against these Marxists who are trying to take over our country. Besides the five things I said you could do to support the police, you need to call your congressman, your U.S. congressman, your U.S. senator. You need to call your state house member and your state senate member and the, and the governor's office. And you need to say, what the heck is going on? When people commit crimes, we expect them to be arrested, charged, and put in jail. And th- this is not acceptable that you think it's somehow okay that you know, these people can do this. It's not okay. But they don't know that unless you tell them. I'm begging you, start fighting back before it's too late. Now, speaking of before it's too late, besides you know the, the attack by the Marxists in our country, the other big problem we've got is this censorship that's being done to all of us. And I talked to you last week about how we're having to take all kinds of other actions and spend all kinds of money. And by the way, thank you to those of you who have donated this week. And man, I really appreciate your notes of encouragement. I can't tell you how much that helps me when I'm in the fight and I'm, I'm worried about you know what's going on. And President Trump, the reelection is four months away. We got a lot of work to do. But part of our problem is the censorship we're facing and the fact that we can't get our message out. And the reason we can't is because our legislators have given big tech the ability to censor us. They need to stop it. So Project Veritas, who we donate to at the We The People Convention, and you should donate to, actually had a new video this week. And I'm just going to play you a short clip from it. you got to listen to the rest of it at WeThePeopleConvention.org. But here's a short clip. Yeah, Facebook's notorious for it, and they say they don't, but yeah. it's clear that people's content don't comes up because it's been defiltered off the queue. Um, it's a very progressive company who's very anti-MAGA. If you see a conservative punch, you just get rid of it. Yes. Right. I don't give a I'll delete it. Zach McElroy came to Project Veritas because of what he saw at his job at Facebook in Tampa, Florida. He saw and filmed evidence of structural and cultural bias inside Facebook discriminating against Republicans and conservatives. McElroy's story raises serious doubts about the under oath testimony of Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg to Congress, where he claimed Facebook has no political bias. What percentage of the flagged posts in the civic harassment queue, as it's called, were Republican conservative. I saw a stark contrast between Republicans versus Democrats in that queue. I saw um, upwards of 75 to 80% of the posts in that queue were from Republican pages, politicians, journalists, and pages that supported the president or supported conservatives. What does that tell you about Facebook slash cognizance algorithm here? Well, certainly the algorithm is not human, but it had to be made by a human. So 
for 75 to 80 percent of the post to be targeting Republicans and conservatives, you can say it was a bot, but somebody had to design that algorithm. So really, somebody at Facebook. So we are intentionally being censored. There's no doubt about it. You can't have any more evidence. If you want more evidence, if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, Project Veritas put out a second video on Thursday of this week, and you can see both of those on that same page. And it's horrific what they're doing to you and to me. Now, you got to start getting off of Facebook and Twitter. I'm on there, but I don't use them as a primary source because they're worthless. They're shadow banning us, which means I post things and you don't get to see them. Go to Parler. That's the new site. That's a conservative site that I think President Trump's going to end up on down the road. Okay, go to Parler and sign up for there and get an account. But this is serious stuff, and it's got serious ramifications for the election. And A.G. Bill Barr had uh, some concerns that he talked about when he was interviewed on Fox this week as well. Devin Nunes said there is not a more important issue than this issue. The American people are being censored. Conservatives are being censored. The information flowing to the American people is being censored. Are you worried about this going into the election? Yes, you know, I am worried about a censorship. I'm worried about a number of things going into the election. One, uh, the censorship of robust debate. I'm also worried about undermining the public confidence in the integrity of the elections. The, The thing we have going for us, especially when there's intense division in the country, is that we have peaceful transfers of power, and our way of resolving it is to have an election. But when, when, when governments, state governments start adopting uh, these practices like mail-in ballots that open the floodgates of potential f- fraud, uh, then people's confidence in the outcome of the election is going to be undermined. And that could take the country to a very dark place if we lose confidence in the outcomes of our election. So that, the censorship, uh, you know, the, the censorship has a number of effects. It also, uh, free speech, being able to get your viewpoint out is a release. It, it takes some of the pressure out. If people are prevented from expressing their views, that's where you start getting extremism. And so the, the more ventilating of viewpoints we have, the healthier it is for our country. Well, there's a big discussion right now about mail-in voting. Hillary yeah. Clinton said it's fine. It's, it's fair. Okay, you're you're going to have to stay well, there for a second, and I'll tell you when the floodgates to fraud. The, those things are delivered into mailboxes. They can be taken out. There's questions about whether or not it even denies a secret ballot, because a lot of the states have you signing the outside of the envelope. So the person who, person who opens the envelope will know how, how people voted. Uh, there's no, right now, a foreign country could print up tens of thousands of, of uh, counterfeit ballots and be very hard for us to detect which was the right and which was the wrong ballot. So I think it, it, can, it, 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 it can upset and undercut the confidence in the integrity of our elections. So if A.G. Barr is that worried about censorship, about mail fraud, and about free speech, how concerned should you and I be? We should be very concerned. Now, I've had some ongoing emails and phone calls from people in Ohio. I want you to understand, we're not doing vote by mail in Ohio. The, the legislature has acted. The Secretary of State has answer, acted. We're going to have voting in person. But that's not going to happen all over the country. And just, you know, just today, uh, on Thursday, there's, uh, there was a story about Minnesota. 
And they went and they, they waived the right uh, to have this thing where on their vote by mail for absentee ballots, you actually have to have a witness sign your ballot for you. And a judge just ruled that they don't need to do that now, at least for the August primary. And they're trying to push, the Dems are trying to push to get it for November. They want just anybody to be able to sign it. And, and so it says, for voters who don't have an eligible witness already in their household, the witness requirement basically forces them to choose between either interacting with somebody outside of their household and exposing themselves to the risk of COVID-19 or not voting at all. See where they're going here? See what they're doing here with COVID-19? It's all a scam, folks. It's all a scam to rig the vote. And we've got to be very, very concerned because there was a post on Twitter that came out this week that was posted in May, but it was deleted from OAC's uh, tweet, Twitter feed. And she said, it's vital that governors maintain restrictions on businesses until after the November elections because economic recovery will help Trump be reelected. A few business closures or job losses is a small price to, be, to pay to be free from his presidency. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah, she can say that when she's getting paid everything. She can say that. You know, it says, it's, you, know you should let your business close down. It's a small price to pay. And, and you should lose your job to get Trump out. That's how sick these people are. And so, again, I'm begging you people, don't buy the lie on COVID. I'm going to talk to you about it one more time because they're trying to scare the heck out of you again, and they're trying to talk about a second shutdown. There's no reason for any shutdown from the beginning, and there's not reason for a second one. Listen to this clip from Laura Ingram about what the reality is about what's going on. We're following an alarming surge of new coronavirus cases across the United States. And significant spikes of new cases are emerging. The dangerous new turn in the coronavirus pandemic. This is as bad as it's been, I think, to see it spread this wide. It sounds like a COVID Armageddon. Stay in your house, never leave. Now, we know that deaths are often a lagging indicator of where COVID is, but yesterday, the U.S. reported its lowest daily death toll since late March. And what about this explosion of new cases that the media keeps hyping? In Florida, the number of positive cases is going up, but those median age of those infected is falling, down from 65 in March to 35 today. And in Texas, as COVID numbers increase, the ratio of deaths to new cases is plummeting. Joining me now is Phil Kirpin, president of the Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and Dr. Ramin Osqui, cardiologist and CEO of Fox Hall Cardiology. Phil, the narrative they are pushing is never, in my mind, very close to the truth, and it's certainly not holding up to close scrutiny. Tell us. Well, it would be nice if they uh, are going to report the bad news. They at least also report the good news. As you pointed out, exactly. uh, we're at a level of deaths we haven't seen since March. Uh, we followed up the 295 yesterday, according to COVID Tracking Project, with 285 today. Uh, obviously, Sundays and Mondays are a little bit lower because of the weekend lag effect. But we've had a lot of Sundays and Mondays since March, and we haven't mm -hmm. seen numbers yeah. like this. We should be celebrating that. That should be leading the headlines, in my judgment, Roth. We're down about 90 percent in daily deaths from the peak. That's remarkable. But the headlines don't even mention it. Yeah, so we're down 90%. We're down 90% in deaths. And they're telling you that, oh, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. They're liars. They're lying to you. Don't believe the lies. 
And the longer that they keep this up, the more it's going to hurt our economy. And so I'm just begging you folks, do some research. Go to the WeThePeopleConvention.org. You'll see all the information you ever wanted to see about how the fact that social distancing doesn't work, the masks don't work. Matter of fact, I, I heard a story this week that the, uh, the whole thing about the outbreaks are happening in Florida, Texas, and Arizona. You know what they all have in common? It's hot, really hot, and it's air conditioning. And they're finding out that this the COVID is spreading more in those places because people are inside together in the air conditioning. Okay? So stop the panic. Let's get our big boy pants on. Let's be brave. And let's start fighting for our country. Let's pick up the phone. Make those phone calls. I asked you to your congressmen, to your state and Senate reps, to your you know, mayors, to, you know, to, to the police. And start telling people what you think and what you, you know, that you know that this is wrong what people are doing. You're not a racist. We're not a racist country. The Black Lives Matter is not about racism. They're a bunch of Marxists and they're trying to start a war. And we need to fight that war. And we need A.G. Barr and President Trump to realize, like Tucker Carlson said, that most of the people in the FBI and the DOJ aren't on our side. And so we need to purge those people. And he's, uh, he's President Trump's going to use the Marshal Service to protect the statues and stuff. And I like to see the U.S. Marshal Service doing even more to going after these criminals. Okay? So your, your job this week is to fight for your country as we come up closer to the 4th of July and celebrate our independence. You better not just celebrate it. You better defend it. All right? We'll be back next week. Those of you who listen to the radio show, uh, we, if you want to listen to the rest of the podcast, we go on for like another 30 minutes. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org and pick up the, the rest of the podcast because we've got lots more good information on the We the People Convention news and opinion radio show and podcast. I'm Tom Zawistowski. I'm awful glad you joined us, and we'll see you again next week. The We the People Convention news and opinion radio program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. The Buckeye Institute was founded in 1989 and we're the longest serving free market think tank in the state of Ohio. My goal is removing barriers to prosperity that have been put in place by government. We want for Ohio to be the freest and most prosperous state in the country. The Buckeye Institute is a source of common sense ideas that will have an impact on the nation as well as the state of Ohio. All right. Thank you, podcasters, for staying with me. And thank you to all those who were on the radio who jumped over to, to watch the rest of the podcast. We're sure glad that you're going to stick with us for the next 30 minutes because we've got some really good good things to talk about. Um, the one thing I want to do is follow up on some stories from last week. Uh, last week, we were getting, anticipating President Trump's rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma last Saturday. And it turned into kind of a weird deal because, as we had talked about, they had a million reservations for the event event and then like nobody showed up and while the campaign claims there were 12,000 people in the arena uh you know the the you know the people at the arena said there were about 6200 the bottom line is 
A whole bunch of people didn't show up. There was some claims by the left that they had uh, punked uh, Brad Pascal, the Trump uh, IT guy and campaign manager, by having uh, kids do fake reservations. I think some of that was true, so the Trump campaign denies it. Uh, I think people were scared about Black Lives Matter. I think people were scared because the media kept talking about you're going to get COVID and you're going to die. And folks, would you just stop that nonsense do you understand when they tell you, I mean, I love this, you know, seven more baseball players got COVID. Who cares? The question is, did they get sick? The answer is no, they didn't. These cases aren't illnesses. You can get this. Most of the people who get this don't even get sick, let alone die. Okay. But that scared people from going to the, to the event. Now, Trump still had a bigger crowd than Joe Biden's ever going to draw. Okay. But it was a little strange, and you could tell when he came out for the for his speech, he was he's a little bit down. But then he warmed up and he did a good job. But the bottom line is, as I was watching it, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter because the TV audience for this is going to be off the charts. And boy, was I right! Um, you know, the bottom line was Fox News had the largest you know viewing audience on a Saturday night they'd ever had in their history. In the history of Fox News, they had 7.7 million people watch that rally you know, on Fox News. And then the Trump campaign had another like 4 million people watching it on, on streaming video. And then C-SPAN and other people that covered it. The bottom line is there was a 20 million audience for Trump's speech. 20 million people. Do you realize how powerful that is? How, how important that is for the president to be able to send his message to those 20 million people. It was, it was awesome. So, you know, again, it's a little weird and we're hoping there's going to be more you know, rallies and they're going to be better, but you can tell now the left is going to try to interfere with them either by having protesters there to intimidate you or, you know, or by you know, trying to screw up the reservation system. You're going to have to fight through it. You're going to have to fight to defend this president. But I, I want you to just listen now. We're going to talk about some more things that, that he's doing because he's, had a, he's really had a good week. Now, we talked last week about how upset we were about the Supreme Court decisions. Uh, you know, and, and again, you know, Roberts and then Gorsuch and those guys just threw us under the bus. And we talked about that last week. And the one case that was just so egregious was this DACA case. And that was the one where President Obama illegally gave, you know, uh, created this DACA program and, and President Trump reversed it. And then the court said, well, you know, you, you can't reverse, reverse this. And they went all the Supreme Court. And then Roberts, as the chief justice, rules, well, Trump has the power to do this. And Homeland Security have the right to end DACA. They just didn't do it the right way. What the heck are you talking about? It's not the court's decision whether it's the right way or not. They just have to do it. And so David Daniel Horowitz wrote a piece that I just want to share with you because I think he's on the right track. He says, the bottom line is the courts are defying the law. They're defying the Constitution and 130 years of their own settled case law that illegal aliens have no standing to sue for a right to remain in the country against the will of the political branches of government. It is they who are defying the law, not the president. Moreover, as Hamilton noted in Federalist 78, the courts must ultimately depend upon the aid of the executive arm for the efficacy of its judgments. 
Thus, Trump declined to actively use his powers to violate immigration law, laws duly passed by Congress, is not defying the courts. It's following the law, being defied by the courts. And so what, what Daniel Horowitz says is it is time for President Trump to just not follow the court. They have no legitimacy here. He said Trump should go back and issue the ruling again, but this time publicly draw a line in the sand and call his shot. He should have Attorney General Barr cite chapter and verse of statute in the Constitution and pledge to uphold the law no matter what the state that, uh, that he will not even send down DOJ lawyers to the court to indulge their nonsense. Presidents on both parties uh, regularly assert separation of powers when ignoring congressional subpoenas. The courts are certainly not more powerful than Congress. Unless Trump and the Republicans promise to do us to do as Lincoln did and push back against judicial supremacism, there is no purpose to running for re-election. And no, don't tell me the purpose is to appoint better judges. Sorry, Mr. President, that just won't cut it. And I hope Trump does that. He should have done it in the question on the census about whether you're an American citizen or not. The court had no right to say you couldn't do that. He should have just did it as Lincoln did and defied the court because they're wrong and they have no way of implementing it. We got to start being tougher. And as tough as Trump is, we got to be even more tough. But he won some big things this week. One thing he just won on Thursday, the Supreme Court hands Trump administration a win on on deportation powers. The Supreme Court rules Thursday for the Trump administration in a key immigration case determining that a federal law limiting an asylum applicant's ability to appeal a determination that he lacked a credible fear of persecution from his home country does not violate the Constitution. The ruling means that the administration can deport some people seeking asylum without allowing them to make their case to a federal judge. The 7-2 ruling applies to those who fail their initial asylum screening make them eligible for quick deportation. So this is this thing that the Dems were trying to do when we had the, you know, the immigrants crushing the border and people saying, oh, I'm, I want asylum, I want asylum. I'm, you know, I, I'm fear for my life back in my home country. Well, if you didn't have any credible evidence of that, you should have been sent back. But the Democratic courts stopped that until the Supreme Court just ruled and said Trump can now do that. And what's great about this is also this week, in a totally unreported separate case, the the Supreme Court upheld uh, another ruling. Since 2004, the U.S. has been able, since 2004, the U.S. has only been able to subject a small proportion of migrants to expedited removal, namely individuals who are arrested within 100 miles of land border within two weeks of their arrival. So if I was going to arrest you and throw you out, okay, you had to be within 100 miles of the border and, and you had to be within two weeks of when you got here. But the Trump administration published a rule last year that also includes immigrants found anywhere in the U.S. if they arrived within the last two years, a substantially larger group. A federal appeals court in Washington, D.C. upheld the rule earlier this week, finding that Congress had offered the Department of Homeland Security sole and unrevealable discretion over whether to expand the scope of the expedition removal. The ruling gives U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement a green light to sweep communities across the country for unauthorized immigrants and deport them quickly. Two huge wins for President Trump in the fight against illegal immigrants. No one reported that, did they? 
They didn't, you didn't hear that, that on, on the, the, the mainstream, lamestream, you know, leftist news media. Big wins for Trump. Here's another big win. The president went down to the border and he, he celebrated 200 miles of new border wall. And, uh, you know, he said he visited a section on the U.S.-Mexico border in Yuma, Arizona, to celebrate the 200th mile of the newly built border wall. I'm thrilled to be in Yuma, he said, to commemorate the completion of more than 200 miles of powerful border wall. Uh, we're on pace to complete 450 miles by the end of the year and 500 miles almost immediately thereafter. Great news again, President Trump, keeping his promises, right, and helping our economy and helping guess who? Poor blacks and Hispanics who are in this country legally and can do the work that these illegal immigrants are taking. President Trump working for all Americans. And here's one that affects a bunch of us. This is huge. Again, who reported this? Federal judge upholds Trump administration ruling requiring hospitals to disclose negotiated prices. Folks, this is critical. You and I have had zero ability to shop for medical care. We've had no chance. We don't know what it's going to cost. We've done that a little bit on prescriptions. But when you're going to go have something done, you know, cataract surgery or knee replacement, you can't shop because they they won't tell you the prices if they ask you, okay? And President Trump in 2019 had said, we're going to make them declare these. We're going to have to publish their prices online. You'll love this. At the time he did that, hospitals and insurers, organizations, and advocacy groups objected to the agency's proposal, disputing that Trump administration has the authority to require the disclosures, which they believed are trade secrets. Their pricing is trade secrets. The hospitals also disputed that the policy would benefit consumers and lead to lower costs. You want to see? Let's see what happens now. Um, countering the, that compliance would instead be too burdensome and get in the way of providing services for patients. Yeah, yeah, see, us putting our prices out there, it would just take away from our ability to care for you. And you wouldn't really, you know, do. it wouldn't make it more competitive for you to know those prices. You wouldn't shop. There's only two things in this world that makes, that, that you know, that are critical. If you want lower prices and better services and products, There's only one way to get it, and that's through competition. That's what makes capitalism so successful. That's why the Soviet Union and China fail, because without competition, you don't make things better because there's no incentive. And that's why the Chinese have to steal everything from us, which is what we're going to talk about. And that's why the Russians couldn't make a bloody car to save their lives, because there wasn't competition. There was no other way, no other person think of a better idea. Now we're going to have that for healthcare services, folks. This is the key to dropping prices because they've been ripping us off. The insurance companies, you know, the, the, the pharmaceutical companies, the, the healthcare, uh, the people that make all the equipment for medicine and stuff, the hospitals have been ripping us off. And that's about to change. And it's a beautiful thing. All right, so we're going to take another break, and then we're going to come back. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Show and Podcast, and I'm Tom Zawistowski. This is Jordan Seculo with the American Center for Law and Justice. At the ACLJ, we are committed to fighting the deep state and protecting freedom. 
the right to life, religious liberty, and fighting for the Constitution. The ACLJ has experienced tremendous success in litigating cases at all levels of the judiciary, from the federal district court level to the Supreme Court of the United States. We have offices in Washington, D.C., Jerusalem, and all around the world. You can find out more about the ACLJ and join us by visiting aclj.org. Did you know that the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio is the largest statewide life group in the state? Are you tired of the compromised approach to pro-life legislation that has been the status quo for far too long? Since 2017, the efforts of the Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio has changed that approach, closing loopholes and making pro-life laws enforceable. Visit rtlaohio.org or call 440-668-4049 for details. The Right to Life Action Coalition of Ohio. All right, and we're back for our final segment, and we're glad you stuck with us because we've got some good stuff and some good news. I thought the last segment had a lot of good news in it, okay, that you aren't getting anywhere else, and that's why you need to share this show. That's why you got to tell other people about our podcast because, you know, you're not getting the positives. You're just getting bad, 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 bad. Well, it isn't bad in our country. We're a great country, and, and we got to keep fighting that way. So something really good happened this week, and I'm really excited, and that was the appeals court ordered uh, the Judge Sullivan to, to dismiss Michael Flynn's case. Finally, finally, that, you know, that court, I said last week we were going to win this one, and, and it was really wonderful to hear that. And you know what I'm hearing now? I'm hearing the judge is still uh, taking his time filing the paperwork. This is the problem, folks. Our whole form of government. Like Tucker Carlson says, these people aren't serving us. They're ruling over us. They think they're in more important than the law. And uh, I saw, uh, you know, General Flynn uh, on uh, Sebastian Gorka's show right after this came out and that, you know, basically he's going to be a free man. And he talked about how um, Americans should feel good because this shows that our system works, that there is justice because, you know, he, they finally ruled in his favor. I completely disagree, General Flynn. I completely disagree. This isn't justice that they ruined your life for three years, deprived the President of the United States of what clearly was a key person that would have helped us just rat out these Obama people and these criminals in our federal government for three years. That's not justice. What's justice is if Barr and Durham can put some of these people in prison and Mike Flynn gets millions of dollars back so he gets his life back. Because, folks, this was an inside job from the start to bottom and went all the way to the top. And there was some explosive stuff that just came out this week. Newly released notes confirm President Barack Obama's key role in surveillance and leak operation against Michael Flynn, the incoming Trump administration national security advisor. The handwritten notes, which were first disclosed in a federal court filing made by the Department of Justice on Tuesday, show President Obama himself personally directed former FBI Director James Comey and former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates to investigate Flynn for having routine phone calls with a Russian counterpart. He also suggests they withhold information from President Trump and his key national security figures. The handwritten notes from fired former FBI agent Peter Strzok appear to describe a January 5th Oval Office meeting between Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, Comey, Yates, and then National Security Advisor Susan Rice. The meeting and its substance were confirmed in a bizarre Inauguration Day email that Rice wrote to herself. And folks, in this, in this conversation, 
where they when Obama orders them to investigate Flynn, uh, what's his name? Comey literally said that the phone call between Flynn and Krisliak, the Russian ambassador, was okay. Appears legit. Didn't matter. They still went after him. Okay? And so this is the most egregious thing ever. And I know A.G. Barr said in a previous interview I played for you that, you know, they're going after Comey and those guys. He didn't name them by names, but those people. But they're not investigating Joe Biden or President Obama. My question is why? When you have evidence, and you can go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on that story, and you'll see, you can go to see the actual handwritten notes by Peter Strzok, which shows the President of the United States was actively involved in this. If we're going to be a nation of laws, if we're going to have equal justice under the laws, then the President Obama and Joe Biden need to be prosecuted, for God's sake. That's the problem here. No one should be above the law. And, and so uh, here's a, a quick quote from A.G. Barr uh, from that interview I played for you earlier when he's asked about this. A source said to me a couple of years ago, speaking of the Russia collusion story, that this was the closest the United States ever came to a coup to take down a president since the assassination of Lincoln. Is that an appropriate statement? In this sense, I think it is the closest we have come to... Uh, an organized effort to uh, push a president out of office. And it continues. But, but what, what the, uh, you know, I'm not reaching a judgment as to what the motivations there were. Yeah, he's not reaching any judgment as to what the motivations were. The motivations were to overthrow the uh, duly elected president of the United States, to take all of your votes and my votes and make them invalid. That was their goal. It's called treason. Treason is, the, the penalty for treason is hanging, is death. And you you can look at me and say, you're extreme. I'm not extreme. These people tried to overthrow the United States of America. They should be killed. Wake up. And here's even more proof. The DOJ uh, indicted former Obama top advisor, Greg Craig. Why did they indict him? Well, apparently uh, the former White House counsel uh, was having activities on behalf of Ukraine, Ukraine again in the United States, and he didn't tell the FBI. And he told them a lie when they asked about it. And, and they just got rid of the, uh, the New York, uh, Southern District of New York Attorney General just got fired last week by Barr because they brought Ukraine information to him and he refused to look into it because he's a deep stater. Tucker Carlson was right earlier in the show. These people need to be purged. That means thrown out. They need to be arrested. They need to be put in prison. And one of the guys who's one of them is Christopher Wray, the FBI director. But now he was interviewed on Fox, and he has another story that I want you to hear, because, again, it's really important. We got this communist assault on our country, okay, we got the assault by big tech on your freedom of speech. And we got the ballot trying to be rigged with this mail-in voting. But our biggest enemy and who's funding a lot of this is China. Listen to what Christopher Ray has to say. This will blow your mind. Director Ray, thanks for being here. Thank you. There are a lot of topics we want to talk about and cover here with you. I want to talk about 
first foreign influence in this country. The Justice Department recently indicted a professor at Harvard for lying about his relationship with the Chinese government. For people who don't know about China and what they're trying to do in the U.S., how much is China doing? How much is China spying in the U.S.? Brett, there's no country that presents a broader, more comprehensive threat to America's innovation, to our economic security, and to our democratic ideas than China does. Just to give you some context for that, just as we're sitting here having this conversation, the FBI has over 2,000 active investigations that trace back to the government of China. 2,000? Right. And that's put a little more context on that, that's about a 1,300% increase in terms of economic espionage investigations with the Chinese nexus from about a decade ago. So or how much at, is that economic espionage? How much is it government espionage? Well, that's the thing that a lot of people don't really understand about the Chinese government. This is not about the Chinese people or Chinese Americans. This is about the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party, and they are pursuing a campaign of intellectual property theft, economic espionage, cyber intrusions that target businesses big and small all across the country uh, and our academic research institutions. And they do it not just through traditional government officials, which they certainly do, but also through what we sometimes call non-traditional collectors, which can be businessmen, high-level scientists, uh, high-level academics, people like that, all of whom are in different ways incentivized to steal American innovation and confidential information and take it back to China. A 1,300% increase in cases from 10 years ago. Yeah, who was president 10 years ago? Oh, that would be Barack Obama. Yeah, who was the, uh, who was the attorney general then? Oh, that would be Eric Holder. Yeah, who was the vice president? That would be Joe Biden, who went to China and got a billion-dollar deal for his son, right? How many members of the Senate, like Mitch McConnell, who got $26 million from his Chinese wife's father, who's the main shipbuilder in China and is totally tied to the Chinese Communist government? How many senators and congressmen sold our country out? All of them, bunches of them. And it's only because of Trump that this is ending. And, it's, and that's why they're attacking Trump. That's why they're funding Black Lives Matter. That's why they're funding Antifa. That's why they're interfering with our elections. That's why they're bribing these congressmen. That's why they're spending money on Facebook. And they're trying to attack Donald Trump. And, and, and here's another little story, okay? Look at this little story. Yeah, Minneapolis career criminal George Floyd, remember him, the one who died under the policeman's uh, knee, tried to pass a counterfeit $20 bill in a store while he was as high as a kite on fentanyl and metamorphies. That was all set off all this craziness that we're going through right now in America. Where did he get the fake $20 bill? As it turns out, there's a lot of counterfeit bills making their way to American shores these days. Most of them can be linked directly back to the communist Chinese. Whenever there's a story about counterfeit bills on the news, it's usually a 20-second blurb, and then we forget about it. But this story is much bigger than that. Communist China is flooding America with counterfeit bills. This is an international act of financial war. It's serious. 
Counterfeiting is a crime that hurts businesses, banks, and reputations of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. Counterfeiting makes the real dollar in your pocket worth less. It hurts you personally when someone like George Floyd passes a fake 20 in a local store, even though most of us don't think of it that way. In January, get this, folks, in January, the Border Patrol discovered a rail shipment which originated in China was carrying 45 crates filled with counterfeit $1 bills. We've seen grocery store clerks check any bill of $20 or larger to make sure it's authentic. When was the last time you saw a clerk check a $1 bill? Probably never, which means there could be tons of counterfeit $1 bills floating around that we don't even know about yet. The Border Patrol intercepted that shipment at a border crossing in International Falls, Minnesota. Not terribly far from Minneapolis, where George Floyd tried to pass a fake 20 a couple of weeks ago. They are at total war with us. We need to be at total war with them. And we need a commission to drive the communists out of our country. If you say you believe in communism, you should either be deported or put in prison. Yes, that's what I said. If you say you are a communist, you cannot be in this country because you are against everything we stand for. And you are a cancer within our body public. And you need to be irradiated. This is not a game. China is playing for keeps. The reason this coronavirus was released, the reason the world panic was released, is to undermine Trump. Because they saw that they could not stop him any other way. And they will do anything, including trying to murder the president before November, to not let him defeat them. You and I are at war. Our country is at war. We need to start acting like it. Now, there was some good news in upstate New York this uh, this week. A Republican declared victory in the, a New York 27th special election over Democrat McMurray. Uh, absentee ballots won't be calculated until another week, but Republican Chris Jacobs declared victory in an open congressional seat in the New York 27th district near Buffalo. The guy, the Republican got 55,000 votes while the Democrat got 24,000 votes, but there are still absentee ballots out there to be counted. So who knows what kind of funny business is going to happen there. But that was a seat that was held by a Republican who stepped down because he committed some crimes and he's going to prison. But at least the Republican won it and he's going to have to uh, run again in November to keep the seat. He's only filling the seat for a little bit. But, you know, you always hear all the stories about yeah, anyone that's, uh, you, know, uh, you know, against Black Lives Matter or whatever gets fired from their job and all that because they want to scare you. They want to intimidate you from speaking up. OK, but that's a one sided story. Let me give you an example. An editor at Fox affiliate in Seattle has been fired after the station determined that a video of President Trump's Oval Office address had been tampered with. Fox affiliate KCPQ-TV terminated the employment of an editor after an internal investigation revealed that during an introduction to their 10 p.m. news um, of Trump giving his speech on Tuesday was doctored. The Seattle talk show host Todd Kerman with KTH. Uh, radio was alerted by a viewer to the video, which his station then used to make side-by-side comparison. What the guy did, folks, is he changed the color. While Trump was giving an Oval Office speech, this guy used a filter to make his face really orange, 
and then to make his mouth look like it was, you know, just completely out of whack. This is the kind of nut jobs they are. But you know what? That guy got fired. Didn't hear that on your local news, did you? No one wants to talk about that, right? No, they just want to talk about the people who are on the left, who are on the right who get fired. They'll talk about them. But it's not just happening to us, folks. And we've got to keep fighting back. So one last note of good news, at least for me. I hope it is for you. But Major League Baseball announced that they're coming back on July 24th. They're going to do a 60-game season. And I'm really happy to, to see that. I miss baseball. It's a great distraction for me. We follow our Cleveland Indians here. Uh, again, you should read the stupid stuff that they're doing. There'll be no fans in the ballpark. You know, they got all the bat boys have to like disinfect themselves. The players aren't allowed to give high fives. The, the stupid, stupid document they wrote had to be written by some New York City where their home office is, you know, Major League Baseball's office is, you know, some snowflake liberal. It's ignorant as hell. All these baseball players are in great health. It doesn't matter if they get it. They're not even going to get sick. But we can't worry about that. We're going to celebrate the boys of summer. We're going to celebrate that we're going to have baseball, and hopefully that's going to lead to football. And the NBA is going to play their playoffs, and the NHL is going to have something too. So things are slowly, we're fighting our way back, maybe not to normal, but on our way to normal, and that's worth celebrating. So I wanted to leave you on a good note that something good is happening, okay, so that we can, you know, just have a good attitude. But that doesn't mean we aren't fighting. That doesn't mean we should re- relax. Heck, you ain't going to relax, folks. I got news for you. Till after the November election. Because after the election, who knows what these crazy people are going to do. That's why we should be putting them in prison now. Because you know, if, if Trump wins again, and that's not for certain, folks. We got a lot of work to do in the next four months. If Trump wins again, they're going to claim it's illegitimate. You know, the Russians helped him. Yeah, how, how right was that? Do you know how many of your friends don't even know who General Flynn is? I had a friend call me today and tell me that. He said, I talked to a guy about General Flynn, and he said, who's General Flynn? Do you realize how many people in your circle have no clue that Barack Obama is the most corrupt president in American history? Now, they're going to find out when these guys go to jail, but you look what's going on in the House Judiciary Committee where they're attacking Bill Barr as if he was Eric Holder. They're attacking Bill Barr like he's making up stuff to protect President Trump instead of enforcing the rule of law. This is what they do. They manipulate language. Jerry Nadler, all those guys, there should be a commission on communism and all these these Democrats should be under scrutiny. It's like I said in our letter that aiding and abetting Terrorist organizations is a federal crime, whether you're a House member or a senator or not. We need people with the guts to prosecute them because I guarantee you that Nancy Pelosi has contacts with Black Lives Matter and with Antifa. I guarantee you that Chuck Schumer does. Don't tell me Cory Booker and Kamala Harris don't. The Democratic Party is Antifa. We are at war we got to start acting like it. That's why you donate to the We the People Convention. That's why we do the things we do. That's why we're going to fight for President Trump. And we're going to start talking about that once we get back 4th of July. Because it's time for us to get to work, making phone calls, knocking on doors, texting, handing out materials. 
It's going to be the fight of our lives, folks, because we're fighting all this disinformation and they're making it impossible for us to use social media, the cheapest way to do this. We're going to have to fight hard. It's going to take a lot of shoe leather. Are you up for it? Do you like the way your life is? Do you want us to keep it that way? Well, then you better start getting ready because I'm going to be calling on you. And you need to get other people to come and watch this show so they can find out what we're doing. We're going to be working with the NRA again. We're going to have all the resources you need. And we're going to have to work like hack. But make sure you tell people about the podcast and the radio show and send me your comments at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. I read every one of them. Some of the shows on this thing came from you. So thanks for that. We're in this together. But we got a big fight on our hands. And if you don't think so, listen to that Listen to that lady from Venezuela. Matter of fact, I'm going to play that for you right now before I go off the air. Let's play that one more time. Listen to what she has to say. Listen carefully. About some silly little statues coming down or some silly little street names changing. Why do I care? It's because the last time I didn't care about this, I was a teenager. I have already lived through this thing when I was living in Venezuela. Statues came down. Chavez didn't want that history displayed. And then he changed the street names, then came the curriculum, then some movies couldn't be shown on certain TV channels, and so on and so forth. You guys think it can happen to you? I've heard this so many times. But always be on guard. Never believe something can't happen to you. You need to guard your country and your society or it will be destroyed. There you have it. You need to guard your society or it will be destroyed. Listen to her. She's lived it. They're following the same Marxist playbook. We've read their book. Just like Patton read Rommel's book in the, in the tank wars in Africa. And that's what he used to beat them. We're going to win this, but we're going to take casualties and we're going to pay a price. But freedom isn't free and we have to be willing to pay that price. And you and I need to think awful long and hard about what price we're willing to pay. Because if it takes everything we got, including our lives, it'll be worth it. Because there's never been anything like the United States of America in the history of the world. And there never will be again if we let the light go out. And I, for one, am never going to let the light go out on our country, on our Constitution. And I hope you're with me on that. And I hope you'll join me. You've been listening to the We the People Convention news and opinion radio show and podcast. And I'm Tom Zawistowski, and I will see you next week.